What's up, everyone? How's it going out there? It is draft deep, Jim. So we've got to go big. We're at Fatty Beer Company again. Gonna have an extravaganza number three. Number three. In about an hour. So if you're in Western New York, you're looking to do something tonight, Wednesday, and you're catching the live stream, come on down, Orchard Park. We're gonna be here. Until when? I don't know. Whatever. People can hang as long as they want. Talk draft, talk bills. Share small scouting stories. Always up for that. Always up for that, especially when it's not on the pod. Exactly. Yes. (laughs) Yes. There's a. So if there are certain questions that somebody may want to ask, might be the night to do it. What was it? Three years ago, you had your Mount Rushmore of uh, shitheads. Yeah. Well, we have one. Okay. We have one. Is it? It's adjusting. Yes, we have one that is coming in hot. Yeah. Now Mount, Mount Rushmore, you have to earn. You have to earn your worthiness either way, good or bad. Our head coach from the the new head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. Oh, so you're putting this on the record. You're just gonna. He's on my radar. He's on the radar. He's not there yet. But we need close. We need to pay close attention. So honestly. When Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes, that's, you know, when our whole draft thing, you know, we were laughing a little bit about celebrating and, you know, they're, I thought that, you know, I like the way they're getting after it. They're attacking the personnel. They're I like the it. way they play football. They bought into the head coach. Um, so I'm, hey, that's why I say. That was are, a very worthy fist bump. Panay Sewell has yeah, worked out. It's worked out. We're, yeah. It's I good. know it's yeah, right. It's the right side. But Good player. It, it, emblematic of the man, larger plan in Detroit. Yeah. When you don't bust, it helps. Yeah. Could he be Joe Thomas? Where, you know, this is going to be the issue where it doesn't matter how good you are as a tackle. That team can't get the right guy in place at quarterback. You know, it's you're wasting, you know. But that's not – that was the right – It was the player was a good player, good man. So anyway, but like to, I make, said, to make yeah. the Mount Rushmore, you, you usually have a story like, from like twenty years yeah, ago. Yeah. So the one where, yeah. So this why he's on the radar is he came out and said that the Philly press was tough on him, and you know about should he Gannon, yeah, sorry, yeah, should he blitz more? He was questioned by Philly. He gave out a certain game, and Warren Sharp, a guy I follow on Twitter because he's analytical. They went back and found the press conference. He was talking. The guy made it all up. Like really? nothing he said was factual. No fact check. The fact check he didn't mm. work. And he reminds me of the brother. This is dating myself, but there was an old movie in the eight, uh, Weird Science, and the guy's name was Chet, and he has that buzz cut again, or losing your hair. However you want to phrase it, buzz cut slash don't know what to do because you're losing your hair. He looks like that guy a little bit. You're gonna look him up, Chet from Weird Science. If you're looking him up, but he reminded me of him, and that doesn't—that's not a guy. He wasn't a character that anybody really liked. Yeah. So he's just off off to a bad start for me. For the but he's on a good start for the Mount Rushmore. Mm-hmm. I, was Howie on that Roseman? I don't want to put words in your mouth. I mean, you can explore. It, he's not uh, on it. He's not on it. He's not on it. He he's may not. have been discussed. On the he may line, have been on, on the live Zoom <laughs> two years ago that didn't make it. But he's the on it for sure. The, the Arizona co- coach is on the radar for sure. He's on the radar. Yeah, I didn't catch that. I just feel like the Arizona Cardinals as an organization, they have so many You know, not even in, on the football side, right. but you know, from the owner on down, they got a lot of issues there that we could probably spend a whole year of podcast talking about and we may or may not have to dig into that situation very, very long. I mean they've had a lot of um 
it's you know it's interesting. Steve Kahn is, I guess he's going to be doing some draft coverage. Fox, I read. He's, he's in the media a lot recently. And I haven't seen Steve in the media much, so I figured he must have been, you know, getting ready for this, making his comeback, or yeah. whatever. Next, whatever he's trying to do. But he's there. Can be not. There's no better interviews. I want to see how honest he is if he is on here because how many guys get to keep their jobs whipping that much, that high? And I know Steve, and I'm not saying look, we all whiff, but like critical top, like quarterback with head coach with we talked about before but that somebody needs it i want to hear steve's answers like he might be fantastic in the media because i i would think he's so he's, steve's good well i just mean he's so preconditioned to do and say pretty much whatever he wants with uh impunity Fair. right i mean when you have the drafts that steve kind has had as a general manager and you get extensions instead of you know pink slits that comes with a, a certain sense of, I'm just going to be honest. I'm going to be truthful. You know, George Costanza at the office, right? Just kind of a get, getting up. What did he get all over the Babe Ruth jersey? Did oh, he, Babe Ruth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Driving around. around with the trophy in the parking lot. Yeah, just tra- you know, that's kind of kind. Only he, he kept his job just like George did. You can see uh, Michael Bidwell saying, all right, Steve. Well done. But anyway, it is what. No Steve, transition out of that. Well, no, I'm thinking about. I just really now I want to. I mean, I feel like we should reach out to Steve. It's weird. I act like I couldn't. I mean, I know. Let's yeah. Bring him on. Let's hear some stories. Or the drive. Or the drive. But people didn't tune in to hear us pontificate about no. one of the worst GMs running a team. No, we were more talking about the on the radar. Right. I, I think we want to get into the Buffalo Bills. We really yeah. haven't. No. Talked a lot about the local team on the pod up to the draft, nearly as much as we should. I mean, this is a team obviously that's been picking at the end of the round for a while now. Half where, you, where you want to be? It's where you want to be. be. And this is when it gets more difficult. You start losing players. It's harder to keep players. You need your draft picks to be core, foundational starters on your team. And. Josh Allen, Dawson Knox, I believe, are the only two players that Brandon Bean drafted who have gotten second contracts. They they did extend some players that were in your last draft with Doug Whaley and Sean McDermott, uh, Deion Dawkins, Matt Milano, Tredavious White, become four starters on the team, obviously. But they, they've got a hit, and I think that the debate now is, okay, do you think offense – Weapons, or do you think need defense? Sean's calling the plays. Sean's running the defense. Sean needs a green dot, right? He needs somebody in the middle of that defense who knows what they're doing, that he can trust. Tremaine Edmonds, uh, I I would think, was probably a source of great debate within the organization, really. I I would love to be a fly on the wall. No, that's... McDermott talking about his value, his worth for the team. To me, this, this is the head coach probably wanting to challenge the defense to get better at that spot. And I think McDermott would be right. We're talking about Trey Evans a lot on this podcast. He's, he is what he is. 6'5", 250. He's basically this huge TP dropped into the middle of a defense that's taken away passing lanes. And you've got to give him that. Like what he does 
a lot that doesn't necessarily meet the naked eye, right? Because he's not making a lot of big plays. Right. Not that that's the splashy, like, yeah. But they get into these playoff games and he gets pulled over. Cincinnati was ugly for both him and Ed Oliver. So that's an argument there. And if you read Bob McGinn's linebacker story, Jack Campbell is about as good as it gets in the modern NFL at inside linebacker in terms of being both big and fast, smart from Iowa, a lot of intangibles, one scout compared to Brian Urlacher. I would think that that's probably a player that Sean McDermott wants, especially if he's got some wrestling in his background, which who knows there. I mean, I have no idea. You know where I stand on this, though, Jim. Enough. Enough. This isn't a boogie basham away from Super Bowl contention situation. Like, they've taken the D linemen. They've taken the corners. Kyrie Elam was the first rounder last year. There are needs. I mean, they could take a linebacker. They could take a corner. <clears throat> to get a cost-controlled receiver for five years in this offense, they haven't done it. The highest receiver they've drafted is Gabe Davis in the fourth round. He's outperformed that. Drafts where he was drafted. One of their best picks. Totally. I'm not, I'm not a Gabe Davis hater. I think he's going to oh. He still has a shot to be a rising star in the league. Right. No, yeah, yes. I agree. But you got like to keep adding weapons. Like, that's what the best teams do. We just got to keep stockpiling. And then this draft, you look at it, there isn't a Jalen Waddle. There isn't a Devontae Smith. Right? There's not that stud at the top that is, oh, my God, this is a top five, top ten. Okay, but there are a lot of receivers. <clears throat> They'll get drafted in the middle middle of the round. There could be a run. Even if there is a run, I feel like they're going to have an opportunity at somebody where they're picking. And if you really wanted to get creative, why not a trade? Right? I get it. You've got you've got to address a lot of positions in this draft. Why not? Why not move up for Zay Flowers? Love Zay Flowers. Uh, I think that they should all be on board. We're going to find out tomorrow night, tonight, if you're listening on Thursday. We're going to find out organizationally where they stand because I, I, I think that there probably are going to be riots with another defensive and some corners fan base to take another defensive player. Oh, I like that. So, okay, they're picking, are they 20, what, seven? Is it that in that range? 27. Let me just pull it up. Okay. Where I'm going with that, it's close enough. It's in that range. So from the Bills' standpoint, unless there is a player, to your point, like a Zay Flowers, somebody they have on their board at a position that they value and they value the player, both those scenarios have to work. The, the value of the position the player have to match to go up and get him. Mm-hmm. And then you need somebody that's going to be willing to do it with them. So they'll know where they'll know how hard, how high they would have to go to get whoever the player would be. But at 27, you can't. Going up, you can target. 27, you got to hit the pick. You know, it's a boring answer for me. It's standard press conference answer. Best player available. Tyler, you have to do it at 27. Can I I give you some Saints examples of 27 when I was working there? So we had the 27th pick in 2007, drafted Robert Meacham from Tennessee that year. Let our team in touchdowns. We were picking after the Super Bowl, obviously. We picked 32. We took Patrick Robinson, played forever, corner, starter. So, starter, starter. 
24, 28, we got Cam Jordan and Mark Ingram. Wow. We were, I'm going to pat ourselves on the back. Ryan Pace, Terry Fontenot, we're the pro scouting department. who are running the Falcons now. One of our new favorite teams uh, based on, because we're betting on them. Um, but anyway. Well, when you lucked me into there. I, I just we, you, yeah, brought them, you brought them to life, though. I, I, I like, like that. I like the Falcons. No, I like the Falcons. I'm just done gambling. I'm done. Um, good for you. Well, we'll get into that later. Okay, but my point is, man, you can get good players if you're doing it the right way. You know, so you are you had the quarterback. Now, like I said, unless there's a guy that you're like difference maker, corner, pass rusher, receiver, you know, somebody's going to get in the end zone. I'm for that. Go ahead and go up and get that. Those are the different makers that have positions I would go for. Now, you were talking about the Iowa linebacker, that type of guy that Sean McDermott had with the Eagles. Jeremiah Trotter, when I was there with Sean, started out in Philly way back. The old school hammer. He was old school even for his day. They were saying he was old school. No, he was good because he was he – was, There was a Jeremiah Trotter reference in Bob's story, I believe. So, point being, yes, Keekly. Luke Keekley. And that, did he want – did he see Edmonds – Edmonds' style does not match Keekly Trotter. You know, Milano's not that size to be that guy. Not they're not asking him to do that. They Sean is used to missile play missile launcher, I call him at linebacker. Like I'm taking on, I'm instinctive, I'm making plays, I'm big, physical, fast, all that. All right, I want to get into these receivers. Before I do that, which I like your thought, yeah, on the playmaker thing too. Yeah, I just I, I'm, I'm always in for guys who can score. I'm guys tired who can of score. You know, looking at a need and plugging a need on defense. He's had five years to build up the defense he wants. It's been good. No, I, that's not a slight. It's no, been what very I'm saying, good, though, but it hasn't been Super Bowl level. Sir, I think they have to. Think, this goes back to that thinking in terms of outscoring the other team. Going for it on fourth down, not well, taking your foot off the gas. Well, you, like it needs yes. to be reflected in your no. play calling. I like that when it's fourth and two, and it needs to be reflected Thursday night round one of the NFL draft when you've got a choice between a, a linebacker we can plug in or another weapon for Josh Allen. Like you, everybody you, needs to be on that same page. Fair enough. Last two playoffs, you couldn't stop a team with 13 seconds. Granted, Patrick Mahomes with 13 seconds. And then last year we all saw it. You weren't that, you weren't slowing them down. So that's that's two years now. You're getting bounced. That's the defensive side. So now I'm not blaming anybody on that. I'm just saying I think it's wide open in 27. I hear before we get into those receivers though. Okay. And I'm not gonna allow any sanitized BS answer to this. Not allowed. So do I usually say that? No, not at all. Well, that's why that's why I can't wait for your answer. Not at all. No, I keep it real. That's, that's this is good. This is good. So back uh, on the Packers beat, Ted Thompson never said anything really in his pre-draft press conference. It was kind of it was almost a joke. Like he, I, he didn't even make some jokes. Like, I, could, I remember one time he said, uh, "I could be like opposite George not to make another Costanza reference and you know just tell you the opposite of everything I'm thinking." And, and he even said at one point, "Now when somebody does say something, is it?" A fake or is it a fake on a fake and that's what they really think uh, but one thing that ted did say more than once was i'll never forget it for as much as he didn't want anybody to know 
how the, they came to the draft picks, right? He keeps everything in house to like nuclear codes proportions. He said, "I'm I'm making the, the pick at the end of the day. Like he, it's his decision. So every they're going to have deliberations. They're going to hear from the area scouts. You're going to hear from the scouting directors. You're going to hear from the coaching staff. Everybody has a voice, but one singular voice makes the pick, which seems obvious, right? Like somebody has to make the pick." Yet we hear it in Buffalo, not just Buffalo. You hear it across the NFL. Oh, this was a team pick. Everybody was on board. The team, you know, the head coach and the GM, we came to this conclusion, you know, it was collaborative. And we are, no, like, that's nonsense, right? Somebody's making the pick because there's going to be arguments in that, in the draft meetings. And then as that clock's ticking down. So you've been in many different draft rooms. Who is making the pick in each draft room? And who do you think is making the pick in Buffalo's draft room right now? Oh, I love easy answers. You said it best. One person. Everybody knows who's in charge. So 2014 was your first one. Doug Will. I like it. Doug Will was in charge. So Marone obviously had a voice and was huge voice. and Khalil Mack. Well, like we talked about, just didn't see a need to. Right, we don't need to get. We don't need to get. I don't want to go crazy. But, but, but 2014, Doug. 14, Whaley. Whaley was it. When I was in Buffalo with Whaley, Doug made the pick. Even with Rex Ryan, now in house until 17, Sean McDermott had final set in that draft. Can tell you this. We've talked about it. It was there were there were no debates. We were, it was a good team effort, like great team effort. It really was top to bottom coaches. Everybody worked on it. And, and that draft is honestly, I can't talk about that enough. It's, I think that probably blows people's minds, but that was, I mean, Sean had final say, but it was a productive draft for all of you. Well, that's why we, I, I'm not joke, but I do joke about like Steve getting chance, Steve kind getting chances and other guys getting opportunities. You know, we talked about. You know, I'm friends with Ryan Pace. Just talked to him the other day. You know, it's like, hey, you got fired from the Bears, and we talked about what they did there. He got a job the next day. But Willie and I, I mean, we had a great last draft. Like, it wasn't like we did anything. You know what I mean? We didn't go out because of performance. And that's the tough part sometimes. Anyway. Were there any, uh, like, heated debates on those picks? up, up as 17? Yeah, as the clock's ticking down, and you guys are sitting there together. No, 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 it was steady, it was smooth, smooth. It really was, there was no, I'm trying to remember about, we went up to get Zay Jones, I'm trying to remember. Did we treat him? Second round. I feel like we ended up going up, yeah. No, he was, he was in the debate in the first round. 27. He was in the debate. Sean was familiar with his coach. We, we had him on the staff. We, we spent, we, oh, you had him on the staff. He was receiving. Yeah, he was receiving. And point being is, you know, we, like I said, I told you, the scouts didn't view Zay as high as, like, you know, I like Zay. You know, coaches like Zay. Looks great right As far now. as this, when I say that, the scouts weren't thrilled about him necessarily at 27. And I tend to agree with them now, looking back, where I was, I would have been okay with that. I like Trey White much better. 
compared to Zay Jones. So I, I, that one, I'm not gonna lie, that one, you know, I remember just wanting Sean to be like, "Come on now, let's 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 get this let's get this corner." You know, he was straight junkyard dog. Like we that Trey is what Trey. I mean, this is you know, we knew that was a hit pick. That was a hit pick. What I'm getting to is yeah, I'm sorry. Go so ahead, McDermott then. Sure, really, yeah. I, re- relieves of duties. Don't you love that phrasing? Fair enough. Yeah, whatever it is. Yeah. Mutual part yeah, ways. Whenever a team puts out like mutually part ways, they should also be required to put a, a, a comical gif of like whoever is doing the firing, whoever's getting fired, like dancing, and then set yes, chain yes. opposite directions. It's like it's so pretty. It's so it's, fun. Oh, everybody's in agreement here. Oh, it's so beautiful and fun. It's. I'm sure that's how it would die. <laughs> That's that's out of a movie, how it went down. I mean, as far as we, you know, coming in, knowing there was a chance, seeing the Pavola's security, you know, the SUV, and like, whoop, they're not supposed to be here. Yeah. You know, coming in five minutes. Rainy. Rainy, you know, you're just like dead man walking into the building. Like, Doug and I basically shook our hands. All right, man, this was fun. Doug went in, you know, five minutes later, I got the text. I was in with all the scouts, and that's how it goes down. Just like that, day after. You think you might have just, you know, that you felt good about the, the draft in the offseason. It happens. And, and we were prepared for it. I mean, it wasn't like we were blindsided. I would say just a little, it was a little bit. Here's the, the urban myth, I guess you would say, that I want to know. We should, it'd be good at this. I, there's a myth going around. He was in the building, like interviewing. Gutekinds. Yeah. I don't, like Gutekinds was up for the GM job. I know I interviewed, right. yeah. But I'm, I'm I'm told it may have even been like, like during the draft. Like, yeah, really. I don't know. Not like during it, but like the week of. It's just it is wild for them. I mean, count- because I think it was leading up. I think they knew they obviously knew they were yeah. going to make the move. If there was a chance they could inter- get an interview in, that way they could act on it right after the draft. You know. Because if they were going to have to fight to get Brandon Bean out of Carolina, you know, which they had to do, and then uh, if they lost that battle, then Gutekunst, they would have gone after Gutekunst. And it's the Andy Reid model. The head coach is handpicking his general manager. So I think so many football fans, understandably so, are under that old-school logic of whoever's the GM is – having that final say is making that decision on a pick. It's not really all the case. I mean, I think it's important to remind people, Sean hired Brandon Bean. Mm-hmm. So we hear that everything is collaborative. That's what you're going to hear with that, all 32 teams. And I'm sure, I'm sure it is. I'm sure. Yeah. But somebody's making that pick. Yes. And not all of yes. these first rounds, it's a defensive player or a defensive minded head coach. I think Brandon B needs to in these draft meetings, which I've concluded, right? The draft is look, enough's enough. I know you brought me in, like I'm your hand-picked guy, but we need offense. Josh Allen isn't gonna last forever. The the million dollar question is we know Sean has final say. And Sean is making these picks. So any especially anything hot. Sean's making these picks. Now when it gets into the certain rounds, there's a good chance Sean turns that over to Brandon. I mean, Doug Welly's turned it over to me before in the seventh round. You know, and let's, let, hey, you can go ahead and do it. So 
And I'm sure Sean does that because it's, I mean, to a point, Sean's going to be heavily involved in that in that pick. He's going to be heavily involved. I'm not saying he's not, hey, go ahead, let me know who it is. He's going to know the player and everything about him. I'm just saying he might listen to Brandon or let Brandon have a little more say on those guys. But the first round is Sean. So the million-dollar question, the inside info that we need is does Brandon or did Brandon Bean agree with Edmonds, agree with Ed Oliver, agree with go through all the first, you know, go through all those high picks. Boy, everybody loved that Oliver. We know that. So you would think. I don't think Sean would take – I don't think Sean would like I, – I couldn't see Sean going too much against Brandon in the first round. Like if Brandon was against somebody like Ed Oliver, I, I don't think – I think Sean would respect that. I think, but I don't know that. That's the stuff we don't know. That's We're just guessing. But those are the questions only they know in the building where Brandon Bean stood on. Sean's making those picks. Did Bean agree? I would think yeah, probably. Honeymoon phase. The, the honeymoon phase is over. It's probably that's the lead here. It's at, at this point, it's time. There, there's pressure on the Bills to hit time. on those picks time. because I don't think you can look at their drafts and say these are I think unmitigated disasters. They're not. No, they 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 found no, good players. Right, I think so too. Even Gregory Rousseau. Yeah, good players. He's, no, got, good a, he's players. got a shot to really take a big step that. this year. Dave Davis. Kyrie yep. Lamo is a, is an unknown. Unknown, but Boogie um, Basham unknown. AJ Vanessa, Ed Oliver. You know the. You get to the middle yeah. rounds, the, the late round picks. It it, it it heightens the urgency on this draft, especially post free agency when they they financially. It's yeah. not like they can just cut checks off them, right? Von Miller's injury, you don't know when they're getting him back. You need impact players in this draft. So let's look at receiver, Jim. Let's take a look here. When you, as I pull it up here. I still don't think it has to be – I'm, I'm not against it. You do have Stephon Diggs. Do Do you? <laughs> he seems unhappy, Jim. I mean, I just – that's why to me, they, they're in a good spot. I, I don't feel like they have to – they do go up, that means they value that guy a ton. Like, I think you're like whoever it is, I respect that. If they went up and guessed whoever it is, receiver, corner, whatever it is, they go up and get. I'm like, that guy, they love that guy. No, they let Isaiah McKenzie leave. Yeah. You need to find a slot type of receiver for this offense. Is it, you know, I think Deontay Hardy is. He can play outside. He can play inside. He's going to help you in the return like game. Him. He's going to do a lot. Yeah. Trent Shurfield, who told this yeah, story. Like put it out here on the, on the podcast feed. There's a lot to like there because he just hasn't really gotten many opportunities. I think that type of body, though. So, Zay Flowers, 5'9", 182, 4'3", speed. Um, so it's so funny reading these guys. I know. Don't you love, see, when you read them, I love it because I can picture me either probably at some point in my life typing the exact same thing about somebody. Yeah, because I, I think Bob is getting the good, the bad, and the ugly in this series, and there's a lot of ugly. And it's it's hard for a lot of fans to digest because we're so conditioned to expect the flowery glass half full. No, the glass is overflowing with every prospect. This time last year, Malik Willis was going to be a transcendent force of a quarterback. So, I mean, you can pull up ESPN, NFL Network, most coverage. You're, you're not getting this stuff. You're, you're, 
not every no, prospect is going to be in camp, right? There's going to a lot of these guys aren't going to work out. In fact, guess what? Most of them aren't going to. But that's what's good about Bob is giving you with the scouts. These are NFL scouts. These are these aren't Mel Kuyper's opinion on the player, like or Todd McShay's opinion on the player. Now Bob will do his, opinion, but a lot of this is like really good info. Like yep. it gives you a lot of the bad, and you might be okay. Now you can see why they, a guy may fail. Like, hey, they're giving you his weaknesses, things to pay attention to. There's a lot of – this isn't a shot at everybody who covers the draft because, no. you know, Dave Brugler is incredible. Oh, there's a ton of guys. Kuiper, McShay, Matt Miller, all these guys. I'm just saying that overall the draft industrial complex is kind of in a straight jacket of paranoia, corporate paranoia, where they're really scared to, like, put out negative uh, reports on players publicly – because an agent's going to get pissed off, and then that's going to have ramifications. Yeah, then they won't right. get the story. Right. We'll talk. Yeah. It's going to look bad on the network. It's going to look bad on this that. So when, so when Bob is talking to these scouts, and they're giving you the real, they're giving you the raw, it stuns a lot of people. They don't want to take it. It's different. This is just this is what this, this is how they talk. You read the comments, the way that these scouts are talking. I love I think I've seen the word some bitch, S-U-M-B-I-T. I think I've seen that about a dozen times, but... This is how the NFL is viewing a lot of these guys. So, all right, you look you look at some of these receivers, Zay Flowers. Here's a scout. He loves the game of football. He understands his limitations. He's competitive. He does have concentration. He does have hands, and he knows how to run after the catch. He was down to, like, 160 at the end of the season. This is another scout. He doesn't play big. He's really a good kid, but his family is a drain on him. He doesn't always do what he's supposed to do. He loves football. But he's a guy you have to keep there year-round. Dynamic speed, explosive after the catch. So, I mean, it's, it's a lot of back and forth, a lot of pros and cons from all these guys. I guess I don't want to get caught up into X receiver versus slot receiver. Just give me a receiver. Give me a Jalen Hyatt out of Tennessee. Gosh, watching that Alabama game, he was yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. Josh Downs out of North Carolina. That's another slot option. 5'9", 4'4", speed. Good athlete, good instincts, change of direction, speed, similar scout. There's all the things you look for. But he's little. You've got to get past his size. Skinny a weapon. Because I feel like this offense, this quarterback is going to make whoever you take that much better. Mm-hmm. Hit the pick. I'm good with just hit the pick. I don't care if it's defense. I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm good on that, too. I, I just, they got to hit. And then, like I said, their track record's good. It's almost, it's almost... Not great in the first round, would you say? Take Josh out. I mean, count Josh. That's your home run. You pull it up. Yeah, pull it up. Because Edmonds was a good pick. I, I don't think it was. I don't think you got. I don't think he would necessarily. You would say he was worth what they invested. If you judge, if it wasn't no. terrible, he didn't get to the second contract though. That, but that, that but pick didn't work out. No, it's, it's not a. I wouldn't say it's a great pick. I can't say hard. Like, you know what I'm saying? They got some. They got good play. Yeah, that, that, that's like, a little harsh. Yeah, you're right. they got good play. Got five out years of good he was, football. He was produ- He was like for the trade up. Was a him. Fair enough. But he was a starter on one of the top defenses in the NFL. That's. I think why people are harsh is when he was drafted. What was the conversation? He's only yes. We had to hear that. We still we still may hear. 
Right, so here are their drafts. It was every time. So let's start in 2018. So, okay, I'm gonna yeah, that's the, that was their I'm first round off the names, and you tell me what you think. Well, you want to do the whole draft? Okay, I'll see. Yeah, just real quick, a rapid fire. 2018. Josh Allen at seven, Tremaine Edmonds at 16, Harrison Phillips at 96, Deron Johnson 121, Serenio 154, Wyatt Teller 166, Ray Ray McLeod 187, Austin Grove 255. Austin Grove, XFL baby. Oh, that feel for Austin Grove. His team didn't make the playoffs. Seven and three. That's a little yeah, touchy subject. Touchy subject. The rules are tough. Obviously, Josh Allen makes this draft. Yeah, that draft, that's a really good draft, though. I think. It I is. think they got that with Teron Johnson, Wyatt Teller, though, possibly a top three that's guard a, in football. That, to be honest, that draft's a big time draft. Good draft. Okay, this is when things start. To eighteen get was good. Yep, eighteen was good. Nineteen. Ed Oliver ninth. Cody Ford at thirty-eight. Oof. Famously over. What, DK Metcalf, keep Terry going, McLaurin, keep going. Devin Singletary, at 74. <laughs> Dawson Knox, 96 is a hit, obviously. Great pick. Uh, 20 touchdowns. No, great pick. Is it Moshan Joseph? Yep. I mean, he didn't play keep it wrong. down. I mean, that's a fifth round pick. He didn't play it no, down. I'm counting right here. So. Jaquan Johnson, Daryl Johnson, DN, Thomas so that would say new. <clears throat> that, that, Eighteen that, good, yeah. nineteen bad. Yeah, really, really good, bad, really bad, really bad. All right, let's move to twenty twenty. AJ Epinesa, fifty mm. fourth overall, <laughs> nine career sacks Maybe. at this point. Yeah, I don't see it. Just a guy. We kind of know what he is at this he's point, right? Know. He's just a guy. You're talking three full seasons of seeing what you have in him. Yeah, I agree. He is a backup, rotational. rotational. You can find him anywhere. Yep. Right, you can. I'm right right, right you now, can, there's free. Yes, you can find it. Yes. Your third round pick, Zach Moss, at 86 overall. He's not on the team anymore. Just a, got in, the, in and out of the doghouse. Yeah, they, they took out. Singletary and Moss too high. Yeah. They, they didn't have a skill set that separated themselves as running backs to take them in the third round. You can find their skill sets later. Those those aren't good picks. Gabriel Davis, a hit. Hit. 128. Great pick. Jake Fromm. <laughs> now, if you're backed up in your own territory <laughs> and you need a quarterback sneak, I'm turning to Fromm. I don't know That's about you. I forgot he was drafted. Legendary playing in the yes. Giants history. Legendary. Legendary. That's going to be a trivia question. Who was the, who was the quarterback of the legendary <laughs> What I love about that play is, like, in the moment, Daryl Johnston, you know, the color commentator, like, so many of these color guys, they don't say it. Like, they're just, they don't criticize anybody. It's just all milk toast. Meth. Um, in the moment, like, he calls it out. Like, this is nonsense. What are you doing? What are you doing? Like, everybody realized it was crazy except for the person who made the decision. All right, Tyler Bass, you got your kicker in the sixth round. Isaiah Hodgins. So that draft's Isaiah, 207. That's a good Dane game. Jackson, 239. That's a good draft, man. That's a good draft. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not great. But that's, but that's where the management of your picks, like they, they Hodgins, Teller. No, they're not. I they're mean, not gay. They're, they're drafting. These are correctly. really good players. They're drafting correctly, and they developed. And they're not getting the. They go to other teams. Not, yeah, that's that's interesting. Oh, okay, 2021. 
like you said, Gregory Rousseau. That's good. I think I think there's still, there's still I'm still out of hope there. We're gonna see. No, they're not. Where they took him? Talking about a pass rusher that day. That's good. Got benefited from Von Miller. Yeah. Good point. Not the same player without him. He's gonna have to be the guy. Boogie Basham has has not worked out uh, so far. In the second round. Spencer Brown in the third round. They might be finding a new tackle. He struggles. Tommy Doyle. Marquez Stevenson, Demar Hamlin, sixth round. He's back. Uh, they also bring back Jordan Boyer, so there's not the pressure on another safety. To, but you're probably going to need to bring it back to football with Demar Hamlin. It's so weird to talk about football. With it is. Hamlin. It is crazy. I, I they, they they do need him mm-hmm. to take a step though this year, and I, he did some good things as a player. Rashad Wild Goose, Jack Anderson. Yeah. And then this past year, <laughs> Kyrie Elam, James um, Cook, Terrell Bernard, Gula Shakir. Forget about Gula Shakir. Shakir has Matt Horizon didn't work out at punter. Didn't work out there. Christian Benford at DB, Luke Tenuta, and Valen Spector. So, it's C minus. C. C. Oh. Since the Josh Allen. Okay. Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, I was gonna say, doesn't he automatically? Yeah. Um, yeah, so, I mean, yeah, it's not only one, it's like, it's, I'd probably go a little bit better than that. I think it's, you're saying take Josh out of it, which is kind of a dumb yeah. qualifier, right? I really don't, I'd give, I, I think they're drafting pretty well. Now that you put it like that, they're doing a good job. They, they're not great at the top first round. You know, the Oliver, yeah. they're not getting the value out of the Edmonds Oliver. That's a really good point. They have drafted pretty well. Their drafts are, are, are good. I'm surprised like, when we really look at I, it. I, when you read those, I, I, I turned my, my tune. I was like, those, those are good. They did a nice job. But it's the top of the draft. That's to your point with the Saints. Yeah, when that's what off Cam Jordan, Mark. Yeah, those were in the 20s. Yeah. Like, they, these were top. I'm, I'm being harsher on Ed Oliver and Edmonds because of where they were picked. I think that's why you want to keep this pick. I, there's a lot of talk about potentially yeah, no, trading down. I think you keep the pick. That's what that was my. Or point. maybe even move up. Well, that was my that was my whole thing though with those picks of the Saints. Is we, you can you can hit, you can hit in the twenties. All right, so Buffalo moved up to get Josh Allen in large part because they had Cordy Glenn. To me, Ed Oliver could be Cordy Glenn. I mean, the ship has probably sailed on this conversation. Because the draft is now, but is there a player on the roster that you can kind of package to move up to get a player early to, to get in that conversation with the top receivers, right? Jackson Smith and Jigba, Zay Flowers. If you really want to ensure you can get the first or second receiver on your board, is it worth? See you, Ed. Not for me. Not with Stephon Diggs at that position. I'm sorry. Unless they know something about Diggs, I, I would not go up for You've invested. You have. You're good there. Should they be worried about Diggs? That, we don't know. Diggs, Diggs is, I mean, yeah. I mean, right? I mean, strange. He's right. He's a little, we're always, there's always an unknown with him, I think. I used to laugh when these players would just <clears throat> tweet emojis and yeah. unfollow and refollow and do things on Instagram and I'll never go on TikTok. Please 
as I said on this before, if I ever create a TikTok, come to Fatty Beer Company in Orchard Park and put me out of my misery. Just it's over at that point. But he's I used to look at this stuff the athletes were doing and be an old man yelling at a cloud or not not even that, just almost roll my eyes. Like right. this is dumb. It kind of means something now. This is the way that these players are trying to, I, I guess, mm-hmm. let us know what they think, let the teams know how they feel, find leverage in a sport that unfortunately doesn't give players a lot of leverage with their contracts. And Diggs has done a lot of that stuff. It's been weird. Yet he's also talking to DeAndre Hopkins in a way that makes it seem like they want to be teammates or are they trading for DeAndre Hopkins? It's Diggs is going to Diggs, as Josh Allen said. If he doesn't show up for OTAs, and if, really, if he doesn't show up for minicamps when we start to get fined, then it's probably time to worry or think something's up. I don't think we're there yet. But he's clearly unhappy to a degree. My thing with Diggs is, what's the source of the unhappiness? If his unhappiness is, I'm sick and tired of us losing in the playoffs, this is getting old, I'm tired of us acting like this, 1974 football team on fourth and two and it's the same stuff happening all the time and as Taiwan Jones told us everybody had that deer in the headlights look and we were just going through the motions if Diggs is pissed about all that sign me up everybody should be like Diggs everybody should realize this Super Bowl opportunity doesn't last forever and go for it if it's money or role or relationship stuff with, I, I, who knows what's going on behind the scenes? Then it gets a little more complicated. Then you start to get a little worried about is is the Minnesota stuff kind of lingering here? But I, I, I think it's the former gut feeling, and I think that's a good thing. Yeah. But we're gonna see. We'll see if he continues to miss stuff. Sean McDermott does not want distractions. That's number one. That's Andy Reid's rule. I mean, it's every, really every. I kind of like distractions. Yeah, coaches don't. So this Diggs thing, I don't think it will. I honestly don't think it'll be a distraction. Look at this figure. They're they're okay there. I just like I said, if they trade up for a receiver, that guy's probably going to. I would assume that guy must be special because I wouldn't see why you would do that based on how you've built your roster right now with Diggs and Josh Allen. So that guy must be good if they're going up. Now, I'm a big believer. Just stay where you are right now. But they know. They know. They know more than I do. If they go up, that, that means something. That tells you that that better be a hit. Who is the player that was drafted right before you were going to pick? Keep to Buffalo because you've been in several places. That you. You just lost him. Oh my God, I wanted him so bad. You personally, right? Not not the team necessarily. Not Doug. Just keep it to Buffalo you like, you like, or like anywhere. When you were the director of personnel for the Bills and you're sitting there in the war room, you're seeing pick after pick after pick. Go uh, are you, yeah, just cool. somebody that I just was like. You love, you're like, I want him on this team so bad. And yeah, this is a fun one because there's a couple guys that we, uh, you know, just you, you always fall in love with certain players. I can tell you, Odell Beckham. 
So this is a player you had the opportunity to draft. Yeah. It's not a good I will say this. You, you could have drafted him. Sure. I will say this with Beckham. I understood. I understood the concerns on the sides. Um, all that. You know, we came to a decision as a team. It wasn't, it wasn't that people didn't like Beckham, but I was all in on that. I wasn't worried about it. So that was one I was like, during that whole season, you know, that one always, you sit there and watch him. And, uh, but once again, I don't know what it would have been like for Beckham in Buffalo. I just don't know. Yeah. But that's, that's, that, that one I will always remember. Who didn't like Beckham? No, it was, well, a lot of people. I mean, a lot, enough people that were decision makers <laughs> were All concerned right. about Beckham's All right. sides. All right. You had dinner with him, right? At Giancarlo's? He was not Gene Carlos. He was the um, steak. Where's our favorite steak that we talk about? It's um, why am I drawing the line? Tempo. 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 Oh, this tempo's revived. Yeah, he couldn't take it down. Beckham, no, he wanted to. He couldn't do it. He was tired. He was, he was on that pro day circuit. He was worn out. He was going back to New Orleans. He was having like a party, like yeah. down below. Yeah, he was. He was doing his thing. But he's always one, always. That was, I mean, that's decided probably weeks before the draft. No, we knew that, yeah, we weren't going to take him. That's why we went out for Sammy. He was the consensus guy that we all agreed on. I'll never forget uh, Sports Illustrated story that came out. I don't remember who wrote it. Great story on Sammy Watkins. I mean, it wasn't even debate. He was the consensus best receiver in the draft the best talents in the draft. Yeah. We need three more hours to talk about Sammy Watkins, but I, I totally understand. I'm not just saying that we were sitting here. But no, but he, he, I would say this, where we were like, yes, we all agree. That was, when I say we, the decision makers in Buffalo, we all felt good about Sam. Where we were, where it's wrong is, he wasn't the best in his class. That was proven. And the gap on that class was loaded. Yeah. Which is why just stay put. Stay put. So lesson learned. That's why I love Bob's series. It's like you get a sense for which positions yeah, are strong. No doubt. I like that. Which right. positions are weak. Like the cornerback group is really strong. <clears throat> tight end. We didn't even talk. We spent an hour here. Yeah. Talking. We didn't talk about tight end. Maybe they take a tight end. That's clear. Tight end could be a dynamic playmaker. I mean, they have a good one. Add, add a different one. Great. It's going to be fun. And it's 6 o'clock yep. now. So we're, probably gonna we're ready. Uh, ready Raiders Thank you, everybody, for watching, listening. We greatly appreciate your support. I, I mean, I've been blown away this week, Jim. There's been so many new people signing up to get the draft coverage. And we hope you stick around. It meets the world. So we're going to keep it going here. Thanks so much.